Hello, Jordan. What's going on, Michael? You know, just finished editing that YouTube video that we were Let's talking go. about off camera, off air. <laughs> Had probably a lot of people go check out your YouTube channel, see if they missed the upload. So they didn't miss it because it wasn't up by then. But now you finished editing it. Editing a long YouTube video is very difficult. Oh, it's brutal. I feel like an, like a, I feel like an old man who forgot what it was like to be in the game. Like retired and then maybe like, you know, goofed around in men's league for a few years and relaxed and then tried to play a game and is just like, oh, wow. Now I remember the speed of this. This is much harder than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it, in fairness, I never, like now I see the value of, I actually think there's been a decline in the average consumer attention span over the last five to 10 years. And I see greater value in having zero opportunity for someone to click off a video now than six years ago. Agreed. Um, so just taking out all of like, it was a, I don't remember exactly how long the video was, but taking out the dead time, taking out the thinking, taking out pauses, and just making sure that the video flows and doesn't give a single opportunity to click off of it took a, a lot of hours to get that done. Yeah. I mean, how long is the video in, in full? Close to 30, probably 28. Finished? Yeah. Oh, God. That must have been a, like at least like what, 40, 45 minute video that you had to cut down? Yeah, it was over 40. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That's a lot of tedious jump cuts, but it's, it is worth it. It's just like, that's a, that's a lot of, a lot of work. Yeah. And every cut is probably, you know, a few of them are a little longer, but most of them are a half second to one second clip. So it's just constant. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's, it's an interesting cost benefit in terms of incentivizing different platforms for making content, incentivizing different styles of content, right? A podcast, there's no expectation for that kind of delivery like there is on a, a faster paced YouTube video. Uh, it also, you know, the decision to, do I want to be editing videos? Do I want to hire an editor? Do I want to, how frequently am I going to upload? And when I say I, I'm talking about any content creator, like these, how, like we've talked about it, how much you enjoy creating on a platform mm -hmm. and and the performance of those posts obviously but affects where you're spending more time and energy have you made the thumbnail yet no the <laughs> i'm not making whatever youtube serves me up i know this is terrible but no i have way. this we'll see what it looks like <laughs> wait what were you gonna say whatever youtube serves you up that's just what you go with historically historically when i was just making my own videos? Yes. I've had people make thumbnails for me, but if it looks decent and it's me, I'm not going to do anything crazy. I don't, unless I think of some words that I want to put on the thumbnail, but you know, a straight close up, straight to the mug, my face, haven't been on the platform in a year and a half should be clickable enough. Okay. So no words on it. No, no like fancy when, stuff. When I have done that myself, historically, it just looks like trash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me as well. <laughs> Especially when you compare it to thumbnails that are done by a professional editor. It's oh just my like, gosh. <laughs> it looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Do you know what the title is going to be or are we leaving that a surprise? Uh, you know, if you go check out my YouTube channel right now, <laughs> I, I have some ideas. I haven't narrowed it down exactly. Okay. 
But it's another one of those, like, this is just a what I've been up to video for the people who have emailed and DM'd and, you know, been wondering for the last however long. People who obviously aren't listening to this podcast where we've been crushing it weekly for, you know, and, and we'll months. continue to- months, months now. Months and months. Soon to be years and years. Uh, <laughs> but really those things, those, those, you know, thumbnail, tagging, titling really do matter for YouTube. Uh, and especially if you're trying to make highly SEOable content that's going to reach new audience and is, you want to get a lot of views over a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, I think for the first video back where it's, you know, obviously not trying to SEO for this video, it's just like people are going to be excited to see you period. But as you go forward, maybe you'll add some, some, some tagging in some specific titles, maybe a cool thumbnail. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe not. <laughs> maybe just butcher the platform and do everything incorrectly. <laughs> just make awful videos. Just say, um, and leave that in the video. <laughs> you know what's interesting though? And I, this actually, so my two thoughts are either SEOable planned out scripted type of educational content where I'm essentially writing an article beforehand. And maybe that is the strategy. You have an article and a video and you're, you're linking them back and forth to one another. And a lot of time and effort goes into that and potentially even working with an editor uh, or a designer on that type of video or just straight podcast uploaded to YouTube. Because mm. when I think of, you know, if you're looking for something that's going to pop 2 million views over the next three years because people are Googling something about muscle building, something about you, you just did a, a great piece on blood pressure mm -hmm. on your podcast, but like some specific educational, that's one strategy that takes more work per video. You can also go podcast style. And some of the people who I have spent the most time consuming over the years think for 15 seconds between words. Yeah. Like I, I think of Jordan Peterson walking around a stage and literally just, and that's not getting edited up and those are getting millions of views. So there, there are multiple ways to do it. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I'm excited to see the video. I, for one, you're going to, you're going to watch the whole thing. A hundred percent. I'm going to sit down, get some, uh, get a good snack. You do so much zone two cardio that I feel like you are in a good position to consume as much as you want to consume and productively too. Cause you're doing like 25 hours of zone two a week. I feel like, Oh, uh, trying to think. Yeah. Yeah. I would say easily, easily. I'm doing that. Probably not that much. I was trying to exaggerate. I don't know. You know, I'm not good with math. I was just sort of trusting you to be the math guy. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, bro, easily. <laughs> no, but you are doing a lot of volume in total. And a lot during a lot of it, you can consume during your zone too. You can watch a movie if you want to. You can watch a YouTube video. You can oh, listen to yeah. a podcast. Scarface, most recent one. Now I'm watching Inception. Inception is a great movie. I've never seen Inception before. Really? Yeah. So basically I, I went to IMDb and looked at the top movies and I'm going down the list of, and I like, I had never seen Godfather part one or two. Is there a part three or no? Yeah. And there's a good reason why you won't run into it on the top 250 or on IMDb for a long time. Got it. Okay. So I didn't look at that. Um, yeah. You can stop it too. Um, the Godfather trilogy. I can't believe you haven't seen Scarface, man. That is a phenomenal movie. Is Scarface actually high on IMDb? Um, 
I don't I, think I, so. I just I remember it it's the following. same. It's Al Pacino. It's the same actor as as Godfather. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, oh, I haven't. I remember growing up as a kid, it would be on TV occasionally, and they would like dub in fake words to put over the bad words. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and I was I like would see bits and pieces, but I never actually saw the whole movie. So man, that movie is phenomenal. That like I liked it better than Godfather. Wow. Um, yeah. Now I'm watching Inception. So far, so good. It's pretty. I, I there have been a lot of jokes about Inception. Like I see like TV shows and movies like <laughs> about how confusing it can be. It's like a dream within a dream within a dream. Like it can be a little bit confusing. And it, I think there's so much in it that it, at parts it can move a little bit fast. Mm-hmm. Like it, they ha- they probably have to move a little bit fast just to fit everything into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, and this isn't a spoiler to anyone who hasn't seen it, but. You know, they're looking for that new architect, right? And and they find that young woman. And the speed at which she becomes part of the crew seems very odd to me as part of like, so far, great movie. But this, the rate at which like, they just trust her. And like, she just gets into this whole new world of seemingly fucking crazy shit. Like, is, I'm like, that's so odd at how quickly now she's part of this crew. I was expecting more of a trial period, more of like uh, teaching. It was just like within a minute, she was already like fully immersed in this crew and ready to go. I was like, that was a little bit fast. But mm. otherwise, like I really liked the movie. It's it's a long movie, right? Three hours. Yeah, it's a long movie. Yeah, so they obviously had to speed that. Up. Yeah, if you're speeding, <laughs> if you're speeding things up, and it's still a three hour movie, it seems that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But you're not confused at all so far. No, no, it all makes sense so far. I mean, it is like a very out there idea, um, but it makes sense based on how they presented it. You stopped midway through. You have always given me such a hard time about stopping midway on shows and movies. No, no, no. That's when I would watch them lying down. Now I only watch that stuff when I'm doing zone two. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll watch like shows with my wife if we're just lying down at the end of the night. But during the day, if I'm if I'm going to watch something, like I'll I'll just watch that during zone two, and then I'll save it for my next zone two session. That makes sense. You know, going down the IMDb list is a great strategy. Yeah. I mean, all these movies, people are always like, you've never seen that movie? You've never seen that movie? I'm like, all right, I'm just going to watch all of them. (laughs) Shawshank. Shawshank's number one on there, right? Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, but, you know, I hated it. Fight Club's on there. I hated Shawshank because it's like this innocent dude in prison. I'm just like, great. Just playing right into my biggest fear. But but Wait, once you the told movie me went I had on. to watch that, I was like, why would he make me watch this? This is like the worst. Like the the fear of like just a completely innocent guy going to jail. I'm like, this is this is actually my worst fear. <laughs> Prison break isn't too unlike that. Although I guess he goes no, involuntarily. Yeah, he like went in a bank and shot up the bank. That's he didn't right. kill anybody, but like that he That's he right. knew what he was doing. He like willingly went in there. But but actually his brother was in there who shouldn't have been in there. But, I mean, his brother did do a lot of illegal stuff. He was just framed for that one thing. But that was a great show. Prison Break, I can't believe you've stopped that a million times. Like, you've been watching season two for four years. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know if I'm going back. Season one was amazing, though. Yeah, season one was incredible. Season two is, is not as good, but still very good. I can't believe you just stopped. 
You watch like 15 minutes of an episode every six months. You're like, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it was? It's too, it's just nonstop. Every Mm. single commercial, and you know, there aren't actually commercials, but every commercial for the entire show is an intense cliffhanger. Yeah. And and I, I just didn't, yeah, I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, it's too, too much, much. Too much of a cortisol spike. Just like get your heart rate going. Yeah. Constant cortisol. I'm trying to get my resting heart rate down. And they did such a good job of having those huge cliffhangers at the end of every episode. Because it's like you just want to watch the next one immediately. And it's the mm-hmm. worst if you're watching it before sleep because good luck trying to go to bed with that. Yeah, that's true. It's a great – it's a – that pairing of something you enjoy with something you don't necessarily love – I was listening to another Peter Atia podcast today and he was just quadrupling down on the the positive effects of good cardiovascular health and longevity and mm. lifespan and quality of life and health. And uh, that strategy where you, especially for people who don't enjoy exercise, when you can link up something that you don't necessarily love, like cardio, with something you do enjoy, like watching a movie, it, it's it's a nice hack. Yeah. I mean, cardio sessions have gone by infinitely faster when I watch a, a great movie. It, there was one time, though, because Alex Viata is doing my programming, where he, he was like, I want you to cover up the screen on the treadmill, and I, don't, I want you to put like in white noise on your headphones, and I just want you to run. It's a, it was a 45-minute run, and he was like, I don't want any stimulation, nothing, just go. And then he was like, I don't want to know what you think about. He's like, I want to know, like, what goes in your head? Like, what are you thinking about? What's motivating you? Da, 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 da. And, and he was like, don't, like, he's like, only look at your watch. Like, don't check your heart rate. Don't check that. He's like, only check, like, to see if you're close to the 45 minutes. So, like, by the end of it, I checked it a few times. But that was terrible. Like, that was just, it, it, I was like, dude, I'm never doing that again. Like, that, <laughs> that was... If I- if I had to pick one person on earth who I thought would struggle with that or enjoy that the least, <laughs> it would be absolutely. absolutely. Well, if it was outside running like on a hill or, or whatever, like that'd be much better. But on a treadmill inside, just running with white noise near your ears, looking at the same spot in front of you for 45 minutes, it was, it was very difficult. <laughs> Let me ask you something. When you were coaching Gary and you were on a plane and let's say you had a window seat and it was a nighttime flight, did you ever just like look out the window for 30 or 45 straight minutes and, and think about your life and like game plan and brainstorm? <laughs> You're laughing. I'm guessing this is a hard no. I thought you were going to say 30 to 45 seconds. <laughs> you were just look out for 30 to 45 seconds. I'd be like, nope. You're like 30, 45 minutes. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely not. You just, you would stare out for 30 to 45 minutes and just game plan in your head. Yeah. And and reflect kind of almost like a meditative, like thinking about, yeah, absolutely. You're on level. You're like a monk. (laughs) You belong in Tibet. You are. I don't think so. But I I think it's just a personality difference and like, uh, I actually don't know what it boils down to, but I know that I used to be able to do that a lot better when I was younger and found it very beneficial. And the more that technology has infiltrated our lives and the more quick, easy, entertaining, enjoyable, dopamine producing consumption that exists, it's harder for me to go there. And 
And I, I just, you know, we've talked, I think it was even last week on the podcast, you were talking about if you start looking at social media before bed, and then even though you're probably physiologically tired, you're getting this, this mental, you know, ping, ping, ping in your brain. And that keeps you up later. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's it's hard true. to fight that up. 30 to 45 30. minutes. What? <laughs> when you said minutes, I was like, what is he talking? He knows the answer to this question. That is crazy. No. <laughs> Matt McLeod uh, messaged me on Instagram. He listened to our podcast from last week, and he he said he loved the Middle East section of, of the podcast. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Matt McLeod. I love Matt McLeod. I, I feel pretty comfortable putting him on blast publicly right now about something really funny from seven Let's years ago. Let's do it. I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Matt McLeod on Snapchat would send these really nice messages to me. <laughs> like, I don't even remember the exact messages, but they were just friendly and cool. And like, you know, you're, you're doing great. I don't remember the exact nature of them, but one time we were together and it was like four sentences and they were legit copy paste to both of us. And then we both replied and we're like, what is this? How many people are you gassing up daily like this? Like, what are you doing? Did he reply to that? Did he reply when oh, he said that? Immediately. I think, I think he was like, ha 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 ha. Like, <laughs> He goes like, fuck. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. always like a, such a sweet kid. Like I really like him a lot, but that, that was yeah, hilarious. I'm a huge fan, but it was, uh, that, that was a great moment. And now, you know, over the years, a few times that's come up and we've had a good laugh. <laughs> it is a good strategy though, if you think about it, like rather than, than messaging people and, and just being a dick or, or, or liking what people are doing and, and not saying anything, it is a good strategy just to like to send something nice. <laughs> but it's just bad luck <laughs> that we're both together <laughs> with the copy paste. <laughs> oh, it's, I just got a super nice message from Matt McLeod. I, I did too. <laughs> what does yours say? <laughs> I don't even know that. I mean, you understand humans better than I do. So when you say it's a good strategy, you're probably right. But Everything he's ever said to me, and, and this goes for a lot of people, felt genuine. Like mm. in, I don't remember if it's chapter two or chapter three of How to Win Friends and Influence People, but he talks about uh, giving compliments and he talks about the difference between flattery, where you're only mm. saying what they want to hear versus uh, essentially a compliment. I don't remember exactly what he called it, but you're, you're gassing the person up, but you actually believe what you're saying about them. Are you rereading that book? Are you on Are you on chapter two I'm or on, three right now? I'm on chapter three in the audiobook. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm essentially going to continue to listen to this audiobook on repeat. This is only the third time that I've listened to it, and I don't know if I made it all the way through the second time. The first time it really impacted me. Second time I might not have made it through. But as someone who basically doesn't understand human beings even one percent, except what I copy <laughs> from other people who are more competent than I am. <laughs> listening to that book and then having an interaction and mid interaction, catching myself like, Oh my gosh, why am I criticizing this person? <laughs> I'm like, Dale would not do this. And then immediately changing my, my demeanor and my approach to the interaction. And then immediately after that, watching the interaction unfold differently than it has the 50 times that that has happened mm. is, is absolutely mind blowing to me. 
has that really happened? Have you like noticed like changes during an interaction? Mid interaction, multiple times, one of which v- today. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's real. Yeah. So the fact that you were essentially Dale Carnegie reincarnated <laughs> is good for you. Now we've got like mentor, mentorship people calling me Dale. Eric Roberts <laughs> yeah, yeah. called me Dale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dale. Which, because the kid's gone up like 80,000 followers in like a month. And I was like, bro, you're a savage. And he was like, okay, Dale. I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, you really are. (laughs) You really are killing it. He is just destroying. His his ability to consistently produce high quality content across the board is, Mm. it's 2017 Syatt like. And 20... 16 Vacanti like <laughs> no i was i never created at that at that uh you posted volume of a output. youtube video every day for a hundred days straight yeah multiple I, times you don't understand all i did was live my life and i had benedict henratty following me around and uh, there were times you uploaded yourself i remember oh watching. that's right i did do that i did do that <laughs> you see so you just forgot how I, much I, the savage you were i really you were like, did it was like 11.52 p.m. Your Wi-Fi wasn't good. You oh, were yes, waiting to get to it Starbucks. uploaded. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was. I think I just blacked. I think it was osmosis of Gary. And uh, it's funny. I, I wasn't even thinking we would talk about this. I have a, a client who is a personal trainer, uh, lives in upstate New York, and is talking to me about wanting to move to the city because it's always been a dream of his. And... Um, asking me if I think it's worth it and if it makes sense because he's thinking cost of living wise, mm. if you have an online business, moving to one of the most expensive in the cities in the world doesn't seem to make sense. Um, but the reasons that he thought that it might be beneficial are for one, the relationships or connections that he could make and two, just the energy of being around more like-minded people. And I told him in, in an era where the internet exists and you can create content and essentially connect with anyone in the world at any time, I don't think moving to a specific city, unless there's an opportunity there, unless you have a job there waiting for you, unless you have like a, a network you'd fall into, but just moving to a city where you don't know anyone and hoping to make connections, I don't think that justifies the move. But being around like-minded, hardworking, like that that quote-unquote magic, that energy that we both experience, mm-hmm. it's uh, especially if you're in that grind mode, if you're in that wanting to work 60, 70, 80s hours a week, it's your number one focus at that time. Being in that energy probably does justify even the increased costs and all of the other potential negatives that come with the move. Without question. They're, like they're, the energy in New York City that you get like from when you wake up to you go to bed is work, 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 work. It's like, I've never experienced anything like that. And when I was in that grind mode, that was like the best thing ever. Just because, and not to mention when, when you live in a place where your dollar goes for less, it just means you got to work harder. And then eventually if you decide to move out, like now your dollar goes further, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, it actually motivates you to, to work harder and do more because you can't get as much with the same dollar. So between that, uh, you know, putting a fire under your butt, it's like, okay, listen, like I've really got to go versus, uh, and in conjunction with the the environment of that city, it's hard to describe. It's it's very weird, but once you're in it, it's like, 
work just becomes part of your life or work is your life, which is then, you know, ironically why I wanted to leave because I was like, I can't do this anymore. But if you're in that mindset, I completely agree. I will say, I will say one of the major negatives though, if you're going to be making videos, the honking and the sirens, <laughs> good luck. That was one of the worst parts of making content. You'd, I'd be crushing it. I'd be in the middle of a great video and then I'd be like, oh man, I got to start all over again. <laughs> Seriously. Constantly. I had to stop taking business calls walking down the street pretty early on in my New York. I like So awful. loud. Yeah. yeah. They'd be like, all right, I have to stop every seven seconds because there's a huge truck going by or siren or whatever it is. Yeah. Eventually, you just embraced it though with podcasts and, you know, it was just, oh, It sorry. becomes a joke. It becomes a joke. Like, all right, like, you know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or you, you go the other way and you completely immerse yourself in it. I remember some of my best rants came when I was vlogging, walking through Chinatown mm. and it was just like packed, like bumping into people, but just going, you know, hard into the camera. So there's obviously a lot of external noise, but uh, I did get a lot of messages about people liking those vlogs or those videos because they like seeing what's going on around there. Cause it's like a cool place. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's no place like it in the world. It's yeah. definitely, I think even looking back at some of my old videos, I'm like, man, that was, it's so unique. That city, yeah. that area. Yeah. Yeah. When, when we were in 2020, basically and into 2021, you know, there were some changes in the city. It was obviously COVID. We were locked down. Like there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of new negatives that didn't exist prior. So there were downsides to the city. But now that I don't live there, looking back on when I did is always with intense nostalgia. Yeah. Like real like a lot of gratitude and a lot of just nostalgia. I can't think of a better word to describe how I feel thinking about New York City. Yeah, sort of like an ex-girlfriend sometimes, you know. No, <laughs> no, not not even close. Well, maybe like. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, you know how some people like, you know, you'll break up with them and then years later or even months later, you're like, oh, man, like that was really great. And then like you see them again and you're like, oh, nope, I'm really glad I ended that. It's sort of like that's how I think of New York. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I go back to visit and I'm like, fuck this. I, this is why I left. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, it's just, like, you just had a recent trip back. So you got a taste. I haven't been back in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I, it was fun to be back for a second, but then, you know, the sirens and like the tiny spaces and like you go out to eat and just everyone's super close and packed around you. And it was like the things I used to love. Now I'm like, all right, give me some fucking space, bro. Like, why are you, why are you so close to me? What is going <laughs> yeah, yeah, on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The prices, the yeah, everything. So, so yeah, it, that's what I mean. Where it's like you, you sometimes you fondly remember an ex until you see them again. You're like, oh god, all right, yeah, that's why. That's why it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. That does make sense. I think part of it too is probably the the crew of people who we spent time with while we were there and and like kind of gary's like ty and d rock and and a lot of those are just uh good people who we developed yeah relationships with that that are fun to be around and funny and we're like-minded especially at the time yeah yes but you know they were working just as hard as us we'd all be like staying up all night working together it was a very unique environment and ecosystem to be in in the mm -hmm. world i don't think there's many that are similar to that 
Yeah. Questions? Oh, you know what? So this is not what someone asked. So someone asked me this, and we, I sort of want to ask you a question off of this. So Great. I, said, I know you've done it a hundred times, but could you link the watch that you use, please? And I, I have a, a Garmin Instinct Tactical. Mike has the same one. Mike, do you think, based off of all the information that you get from the watch, would you recommend your clients have a similar tool or device to keep track of their steps, their cardio, their sleep? Like, what do you think about it? And would you recommend clients have it? Would I recommend clients have it? The first place my mind goes is when someone signs up for coaching, I don't want to inundate them with things to do, tasks, uh, further expenses beyond signing up for coaching. So it wouldn't be a part of my like, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. I want to simplify as much as possible, especially for beginners and people who don't enjoy exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, if I could snap my fingers and every single one of my coaching clients had the same watch that I had, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm. And, and for two main reasons, the first being step count, uh, and and I don't even know order of importance. They're they're probably tied, but the first one is step count, and the second one is sleep. And on the step count front, uh, first your phone doesn't get you know a majority of your steps. You just do a lot of things without your phone. So using the step tracker on your phone isn't necessarily accurate. Having that data on hand and accurate. Um, is really useful from a like a self-motivation perspective, just seeing that number and being able to compare it with previous day's number. It's useful for me when I'm assessing like, okay, these are your stats. This is what you do for work. Like this is what you say you're doing during the day. This is how much you're eating. You're sending me your food logs. I'm seeing this, but like something isn't matching up. And oftentimes I'll ask for a step count and it's like, 1500 steps a day maybe it's like okay that makes sense and and then that'll help direct my cardio programming versus someone who's like i'm taking 14,000 steps a day on average because i'm doing blah 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 uh so useful for the client useful for me for step count and sleep like your story alone about seeing how alcohol impacted your sleep quality and then the adjustments you made based on that um huge and and i've always been a big sleep guy, but the ability to see running seven day average on number of hours you're sleeping, see how caffeine timing, alcohol timing, quantity of caffeine and alcohol, these things impact sleep quality, REM versus light sleep versus deep sleep versus uh, hours when you're awake during the night. Being able to reflect on this helps you prioritize sleep. Prioritizing sleep leads to so many good things. Uh, especially on the fat loss front, especially on the body comp front, ability to adhere to nutrition. Um, yeah. So for the sleep and the step count, I I would like anyone to be able to have that data and, and therefore this watch for sure. Yeah. I echo, I echo all of that. Um, you know, it's been interesting for me because the data that I have on my watch goes directly to Alex Viata, my coach. Mm. And I've had a very interesting experience. It it takes accountability to a new level where if I, so for example, even if, if it didn't connect directly with the app that he has access to as a coach, I could say every morning, you know, like I, I, I used to say, send me your weight, send me your calories and protein and any questions. I could also say, send me a screenshot of 
your sleep from last night and your steps from yesterday. Like I could do that easily. And that would be something they would just have to include. Um, Alex doesn't have me doing that, but it just automatically connects. So if I do, if I, if I do a cardio workout or whatever, like it automatically goes directly to the app that he uses. So he will know if I did it or not, regardless of whether I send it, which again, like either way, it's still accountability, but I very much, I know for a fact that there have been times when I didn't want to do it, but I also didn't want to disappoint Alex. Mm. So I would get that workout in, I would go get my steps in, I would go get my zone two in. Cause I mean, he's going to see if I did it or not just based on like, and you can't fake that. You can't fake 45 minutes of zone two. <laughs> People can fake a workout. Oh yeah, I went to the gym. They can lie about it, which is crazy that they do. But like, you can't lie about that when it's going directly there or like if they're going to send you a screenshot of it. So I do think there's a huge accountability component as well. But even forget the zone two stuff, like just the sleep and the steps just like getting that neat in, like making sure people are getting their total steps in, which is a, a massive portion of your of your metabolism, massive massive portion of your calories burned every day, getting like your sleep quality and your steps in. Like I think that could be huge for coaches to to make their clients aware of. And, and I completely agree. Like when they first sign on, not especially someone's like, hey, you know, my finances are tight, not being like, all right, well, now you've got to buy this, right? But if they ask about it or if it, you know, if they're, if you think someone could really benefit from it a little bit into coaching, definitely worthwhile, I think, from an accountability perspective. Yeah, 100%. I love the idea for accountability, uh, especially it's beneficial for the coach and client. Yeah. It's beneficial for the client because it removes that opportunity to, and I, I don't, I think it's a low percentage of clients who lie. And I think some of the clients who lie aren't being deceitful. I think they're being willfully blind. I think they're lying to themselves so well, maybe in multiple areas of their life, that that they have bought into their own, you know, don't track for a few days, but I, I was on point, I, I swear. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, think, I know you swear. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think a lot of those instances, I think they believe they were. I think because I ate most of the same food choices, you know, I ate dinner out and I had this that I didn't track, but it couldn't have had, it just adds up, we know. But it but take, that takes out, not on the nutrition side of things, obviously, but um, it removes the opportunity for that. So we're just dealing with 100% truth and accurate data on, on everything that the watch tracks, unless you're strapping <laughs> it on your dog and like, you know, go run around, pal. Like, <laughs> I, I it, That made me think of a funny story where, you know, it, if you follow your clients on social media, especially some of the ones that are not being fully honest about this stuff, it's funny because sometimes you'll see on their stories like, they're out and they're like getting stuff to eat and drink and da da da. And then like the next day they're like, why aren't I, why aren't I making progress <laughs> and all this stuff? And I remember, uh, I forget who it was, but one coach was like, I saw my client was out like having Mexican food and they were just eating all these chips and guac and getting tons of drinks. And I, I DM them and I, I was like, this is why you're not making progress. And I was like, that's a really bad idea. <laughs> Should read Dale. Yeah, they need to read Dale Carnegie out of yeah. Winfrey. You don't message your client and say, this is why you're not making progress. <laughs> yeah. But it is. Yeah. And that even brings up the whole question of like, do you even bring that up, right? For example, let's say, 
let's say a client is complaining about progress and you've seen in their stories that they're clearly not being it like they will tell you, oh, yeah, it was 100 percent. It's like, but, you know, last night you saw them down like this and this and this and this and this and this, whatever it is. Like, do you say, well, I saw on your stories because then they're going to be like, fuck, I need to block you or I need to like restrict you. Like I. I don't, it depends on your relationship with the client, but I don't see many situations where it's a good idea to like do a gotcha on them. Like that's, it's have them send you pictures of stuff at like assign, make assignments going forward for them to include you. But I think it's even just enough sometimes for them to see that you're watching their stories. Like they know, Mm -hmm. like just to see your face there, Mm -hmm. like that's it. Like (laughs) That's, that's enough. enough. That's you enough. don't need to say anything you about know, it. <laughs> and they know that you know. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And and I would take the same approach, you know, I'm not making progress. Like I, I would treat that as if I hadn't seen what's going on on their story because for the most part, you're still going to have the same assumptions. If I didn't see them eating Mexican on the weekend and they're with certain clients, it's like I'm going to assume that they were probably doing something similar. Um, but I would, I like the strategy of finding a time to casually bring it up in a positive light. Oh. And I don't, and I don't mean bring up what they did on their story. Okay. I mean, bring it up. Like if the subject of Mexican food comes up, bring up that like, I, I think it's awesome to, you know, take a night off tracking and go out and have Mexican and like really enjoy yourself and enjoy your friends and your family. And like, that's amazing. Obviously the scale will be up the next day and you'll might set yourself back a week of progress, but that's completely reasonable to have that enjoyable experience. Yeah. So it's encouraging it, but it's also instilling that like, okay, when I do this, I know that I'm not going to continue to lose a pound and a half of fat every single week without doing a gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe I just think I'm being smart and they're like, I saw you saw that story. So I know what you're doing here, coach, but you're not being sneaky. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Completely reasonable. I-, I love doing that too. <laughs> There's Little so- do they know that you get the fajitas every time. Like you've got your Mexican order <sighs> down. <laughs> that's if I'm that's if I'm dialed. Well, what do you get if you're not dialed? You're always dialed. You're on the regiment. Definitely not always dialed. I am dialed right now. I'm not always <laughs> dialed. Uh, if I'm not dialed that in Mexican food, yeah. well, I, I used to go to a place called Frida's every Thursday, my senior year of college for happy hour where they had like, I don't know, $5 pitchers of frozen margaritas. And we would have quesadillas and nachos and an absurd amount of strawberry margaritas that probably have like, multiple shots and I don't know, 75 grams of sugar per cup and would drink a lot of those. So, but now at this was college though, what about, what about <laughs> those... in the last 10 years? <laughs> e- extra, extra chips and guac. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like more stuff before the meal. I love quesadillas. Oh right? yeah. And Quesad- oh, you do like quesadillas. You're a big quesadilla guy. And so that's just, you know, with all the cheese and then dipping it in guac, dipping it in sour cream, like you just go into that meal knowing that even if you estimate, you're going to be taking in more fats than you think you're taking in. Um, you know, your testosterone is going to be super high after that meal for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> just got so much fat in there. You're like, yes, it feels amazing. <laughs> just delicious. 
There's no science behind what I just said, but <laughs> there, there, no, my, well, I, I was like saturated fat precursor to d- test levels, like <laughs> egg yolk. I don't know. I think Mind Pump Sal was tweeting about cholesterol and saturated fat and this like 12 egg yolk, uh, I don't know, test boost. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> take it out of context. <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, saturated fat is a precursor to testosterone production unless what I read about it when I was fascinated about it probably 11 years ago to the day unless that was incorrect it's not going to move the needle really you're not you're not going super physiological on the on the high sat fat diet but yeah you're not going to be at 1200 because you had a quesadilla <laughs> <and guacamole. laughs> not to mention I should probably layer in that on the whole, I think there's probably more negatives to, not probably, there are more negatives to a high saturated fat diet consistently than there are positives. Yeah, absolutely. Without question. Yeah. Without question. I just, did you see me a few minutes ago, like typing on my phone? Didn't even notice it. And usually right, I'm very good. attuned to those things. I know. You hate it when I do that. When we're <laughs> someone, so I'm looking through my questions and my Q&A and someone goes, hey, I like your I like your stupid exercise videos, but could you please include what people can do? That would add a lot of value. And I just wrote back, I was like, I add what exercise you can do at the end of every video. Like I, in every fucking video, I, here's what you can do instead. So I was like, God, they're, they're not even 60 second videos. It's like this person's stopping watching at like 30 to 40 seconds. Yeah, just had a little mini conniption there. You, you held it in very well. Thanks, and I didn't bro. even see any micro expressions of of the anger, which I struggle with. I struggle with the microaggression. You have of high the anger. You have high standards for yourself on that front. Well, I'm trying to learn from the best. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Who are you learning from? <laughs> I love this podcast. Uh, <laughs> He's my best friend. <laughs> Should we tell that story? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. We don't have to. Yeah, we were. I was visiting New York. This was after <laughs> I, or maybe I had moved back in 2016. Yeah. You know, no, this is when you you were in Chinatown at this point. You were in the Chinatown Giant House. Ah, and we and I was tagging along in the morning to go to Gary's workout. Yeah, and we had an Uber together, mm-hmm. and that's, I basically blacked out. Tell me what happened. We were t- we were talking about a guy that we're we're both close to that like we both know very well. We're not like the biggest fans of him, and uh, <laughs> we're talking about him. And then the Uber driver starts talking shit about him too. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like dro- joins in on the shit talking, and then all of a sudden Mike just gets. <laughs> really mad and starts to defend the guy. I got so defensive. <laughs> and and this is like not either of our best friends at all. But then like it was an interesting combination because Mike starts to defend him and then the Uber driver's going the other direction, like still talking shit. And Mike's like, you don't even know him. This is my best friend. <laughs> Just to win the argument with an Uber driver about a guy that the Uber driver didn't know and that yeah. we're not even the biggest fan of. Yeah. <laughs> and we get out of the Uber and you're like, 
Why did I say he was my best friend? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, you know what I think the lesson there is? I think the lesson there is just don't like t- speak badly of people. Because when I heard the Uber driver saying not nice things about this person, I got so defensive of him. I was like, yeah. no. I was like, no one talks bad about him. <laughs> like, <laughs> You don't even know the guy. He's my best friend. <laughs> I looked at you like, what? <laughs> uh, um, oh, I, I was going to say, when you first read that comment, I was like, oh, it would be cool if you included alternative exercises that people do. every do. single one. I, uh, and, and then I started thinking, then I was like on the external rotation, you were like, do a banded. And then I saw the burpee one, by the way. I probably spent 46 minutes on Instagram over the last year. And then I spent a solid hour on there yesterday or two days ago, really getting a a lay of the land. I was texting you all these questions like, why is there stuff in my feed of people I don't even follow? You're like, oh, things have changed over the last three years. Like, why is, but. (laughs) That's really new. That's new over the last like week or two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I I was getting a feel. Um, And. I saw your uh, your plank jack video, and then just now I was thinking like, oh, you did. You were like, you could do a bodyweight plank. You could do a single arm plank reach. You could do what, whatever alternatives you gave at the end. Exactly. Yeah. So I just got real pissed at that person. Did you reply and say, I do? Yeah. I said, I do that in every video. <laughs> and and what, what did the person say? I didn't, I didn't look. Yeah, I'm still on the list of questions, but <laughs> it's like, oh, man. This is... You know what? We should dedicate a podcast to how Jordan deals with something like annoying slash uh, basically uncomfortable, I don't know, DMs that you don't want to reply to. Mm. It's very different now than what I used to do, just like, you know, as I've progressed. Someone left a comment on my post the other day. They were like, they're like, why do you swear so much? It's trashy and unprofessional. And so I just pinned their comment to the top of like knowing that my audience would go in. And then I think they blocked me because <laughs> my audience was just like, that's why I'm here. I love it. Like da, da, da. they were just going in on it. And then I think they blocked me because now that comment's not there anymore. Well, no content for them. Yeah. Don't call me trashy and unprofessional. <laughs> I'm not trashy and I'm very professional. <laughs> I'm a little trashy, not very professional, but just don't say it to me. <laughs> um, someone asked me, do you have a golf handicap? Which I, I don't really know what that means, but I know you do, Mike. Do you have a golf handicap? I don't keep a handicap, no. I should, I'll probably start keeping a handicap. I played some golf uh, what does that a, li- mean? a little while recently. You can think of it as average number of strokes over par, even though that's not exactly mm. correct. So, okay. yeah, if if you're scratch or like a zero handicap, you average close to shooting even par. If you're like a 15 or an 18 handicap, you average that many strokes over par. Oh, okay. And you're just always under par? Me personally? No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm the same exact golfer I was when I was 14 years old. No, I mean, you're not. Probably worse. Stronger. Probably worse. Better. Because my short game is now worse because I don't really play very much. Uh, however, so, so no, I'm not, I'm, I'm like a bogey golfer basically. But I, 
having the basement, I don't, I've said this to so many people recently, I don't even remember, not living in a 350 square foot apartment in New York City and instead having an actual house and being able to chip in the basement, my short game is so dialed. Like, like when we're on the phone or if I have any phone calls and I'm just literally just hitting wedges in my basement, you know, little chips, you can't really swing, but I'll be down there sometimes and, you know, catch one a little funny and it'll go off the wall, but it'll all. It's your house. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that. Have you dented the wall? Have not dented the wall. No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't like really. Yeah. But sometimes it'll just, you know, come in a little hot, make a little noise off the wall. <laughs> um i'm gonna look for another question let's do this what are you i know in in the in pat flynn lingo neither of us recently have been quote unquote setting any prs in terms of business or content creation we're we're living balanced lives and we're you know doing other things that bring us meaning and joy but do you have any business specific goals that you would hope to achieve we'll call it in the next six months one year three years five years pick it pick any window and let's jam all right you go first (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i want to gosh i hate i've i've made proclamations that then just I went the complete opposite direction on. What I said in the YouTube video I just uploaded was that my goal is to follow um, Aristotle's golden mean, which is the mm. midpoint between two extremes and the extreme of not making anything and the extreme of daily vlogs was the example I use. It's like, I am, are you going to daily vlog again? Because that's something people really enjoyed those streaks. And I've gotten that question a lot. Will you ever daily vlog again? I will never daily vlog again as long as I live. (laughs) But I think there's a happy medium between no content creation and daily vlogging. So in terms of goals, uh, start creating on platforms I enjoy at a reasonable frequency that I can be consistent at, which is probably a monthly YouTube video. I said one to two, but probably monthly um, and then you dabbling on Instagram, dabbling on TikTok, dabbling on Twitter, nothing crazy, nothing three X a day, nothing, nothing that I would recommend if I were in a position where I was trying to grow my business, but more like getting my feet back in the pool to potentially do something at some point. Um, so, so I guess I don't have any results oriented goals to accomplish X, to make Y dollars, to have this many followers, to do whatever, but just to create stuff I enjoy making that hopefully people enjoy watching, reading, listening to, and, uh, and doing it consistently for the next six to 12 months and then reevaluate and more gas, cool, more breaks, cool, you know, come out with something, sell something, maybe who knows, but more just like get back in the flow. It would be interesting to talk to our, talk to ourselves like eight years ago. (sighs) And ask them this question because, like, it'd be a very different conversation. Oh my right? gosh, it'd be, it'd be so different. So it is for 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 you listening. It's it's different to hear us talk about it now versus when we were just really getting started in the online world. Um, Night and day, yeah, completely, completely different. I, I think for me, it's you know, with, with 
my kid on the way and all of that, it's my, <laughs> my number one business goal has always been just to help as many people as I can. Like that's like always the goal from a business perspective. But now it's funny because business used to be my life, right? Like my life was business. Like that's all I thought about. It's all I cared about. It's all I wanted to do. It's all I did. It was just business, business, business. Now it's different. Now my life, now business is a part of my life, not my whole life. And so I think that's a continued goal as my wife brings our child into this world where it's like, I, I want to be able to go to their, you know, like go to their sport events or go to their teacher meetings and like not be worrying about work or not even thinking about work, just like be fully present or take them on weekend trips, whatever it is. And like, have work be okay, which like, thank God it is like at, at this time, like I know that's, you know, why my wife and I decided to like, all right, now we're ready to bring a kid into this world because like, that's where I was at in business, which I think, you know, just, it was a blessing. It all worked out. The timing worked out the way, like the way it did, because I think like if I had had a kid five years ago, it would have, it, it it would have would have been able to figure a way to make it work, but I don't think I would have been able to be as present in their life as I will be able to hopefully now. You you're, know what I mean? There, there are two outcomes there. Either your business wouldn't have been as successful and wouldn't have grown as much, or you wouldn't have been able to, yes, be as involved as a dad as you will be now with your current plan. Yeah. Like people who, I've seen the advice that like, specifically to me many times over the last several years that essentially being single and dedicating all of your time towards work and making a transition toward, for example, having a family and, and having kids and having a spouse that that transition won't negatively impact business or that you can, you can have the same business outcome in either scenario and at the time it was just my, I was like, okay, well, in one scenario, you have 168 hours to dedicate everything in your life towards work. And in the other one, you don't. So how are you telling me that you can be equal? And I think some people are making the argument that you can actually have more business success if you somehow have less time and more balance, which is just. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense to which, me. Which obviously doesn't mean that. Well, I, I do personally, I think one is better than the other. I think that more balance leads to a more meaningful and more fulfilling life, which, which I think you agree on, which is why we're making the decisions we're making over the last several years. But um, yeah, it's just mind blowing to hear that, oh, you can, you can have equal business success in either scenario. Yeah. Well, equal business success along with family life balance, right? It's like, you can't, you can't have both. You can't like, and, and that's fine. Like there, it's not saying don't, it's not saying like, don't do it if you've already got a family and kids. Cause like it could still be worth it, but that might be a three to five or three to seven or three to 10 year window where you don't have the balance that you want as you're building your business. Right. So like if you're, you might not be as present with your spouse or with your kids as you're grinding to build your business, which is it's, that's your decision. That's totally fine. But to say that like you could have complete work-life family balance and build this super, super, super successful business at the same time it, or equally as if like you had already built it, 
and then it's not it's just not accurate cool i like that yeah i like that yeah and obviously you know like the inner circle and the mentorship from like an actual business perspective continue to grow those and optimize them and, and make them better and better and better um but yeah i mean I, the 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 followers or the views or the likes that's a goal that you know was many 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 moons ago sort of extinguished that i'm just not it just doesn't matter anymore and probably never did <laughs> I mean, I mean, did uh, I mean, it did matter to me, not necessarily from a, it wasn't, it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it would be from a business perspective. Like it just, it wasn't, which is so funny. Like it just wasn't as big of a deal for business. And from a emotional and psychological perspective, when you hit a milestone, there's just another mountaintop waiting and that exists in anything that exists with money that exists with like yeah chasing those goals you're always going to have more yeah we'll wrap it there we'll leave it there great episode this was very fun hope you enjoyed listening we love five star reviews if you have 30 seconds to just you know jump in there spotify itunes apple wherever you're listening to this and, and drop a review we would really appreciate it we love reading those and we will be back next week we appreciate you listening thank you so much have a great week see you soon bye